0: as it was in the days of Noah, Genesis chapter 6. There's a book I I got recently. I've read it before in different form, but it's interesting. I just want to read a bit. It's the World Christian Movement by a chap called Albert Dagger. And he says the words of Christ, For false Christs and false prophets shall rise and shall show signs and wonders to seduce if it were possible, even the elect. These people who are going to rise up and seduce people, the false prophets, Christ said, if it were possible, even the elect will be deceived. Here's what he says, just in the introduction to this book. The Lord's prophecy concerning the greatest end time deception should warn us that things are not always as they seem. For a deception To be so seductive that even the very elect would take pause to wonder if it is of God. It would have to have all the earmarks of a true work of God. In order to fool people, it has to be as near genuine as possible. Apropos of that, Dave Hunt says in one of his tapes, rat poison. Rat poison is 99 And I checked up on this, 99.995, I think it is, percent pure. There's only 0.005% that has poison, but it kills all the rats. And that's the trouble. Most of what people say will be right, but there'll be something there which will be wrong. Somebody has said it's not the truth they preach, it's the truth they leave out. That's important. Let me go on, sorry. That means this deception will come in the name of Jesus, it would have a great deal of solid biblical truth, it would affirm the gospel, and it would be a good work, and signs and wonders would accompany it. Those who might recognize and expose the deception would be looked upon as divisive, hateful, and deceive themselves. The people who will seek to expose any error, they'll be the ones who will be told that they are doing the dividing of people. For the most part, the churches will go along with the deception. And uh, we could go on with that, but that's just... He puts it in very well, better than I would have put it. So... Having got over that, let's look at chapter 6 again and see what the situation was like. What did Jesus say? As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. When the time is getting near for Jesus to come back again, he will first come to take the church, his redeemed ones, those of us who are Christians, out of this world. we we'll look at that in a sec. And then he will come again to reign on the earth with his saints. But as that time gets nearer, he says it's going to be a time like it was in the days of Noah. So what we are doing in these little talks is looking back to see what it was like in Noah's day. And that is the way it's going to be, Jesus said, in the days ahead. And if he said it's going to be like that, let's look and see what it is going to be like we've, we've, we've been doing this for a few weeks and we have a tape at the back uh, I'm not flogging my tapes but uh, if you want to look at tape, listen to those tapes, certainly take one and uh, listen to what we said over the past few weeks I have to keep going back every week, we'll never get further on, sometimes the recap takes as long as but <laughs> well, let's get going There were giants in the earth in those days and also after that. When the sons of God came unto the daughters of men and they bare children unto them, the same became mighty men which were of old men of renown. There will come men of renown in the future who will be there to bring false teaching. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination and thoughts of his heart were only evil continually. Look at that word continually. We looked at that before. Not just his thoughts are now and again evil, but the thoughts of his heart, it says, was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and creeping things, and the fowl of the air, for it repented me that I have made them. I think verse 6 is one of the saddest verses in the Bible. Uh, he's, he'd made an earth and now he said it grieved him. Grieved his heart. And we wonder, do what we do, does it grieve our heart? The heart of God. And then verse 8, a wonderful verse. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. The whole thing revolved around one man, one man's family. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. And we looked last week, we gave Noah a CV. As if, uh, see what a CV was. And these were parts of a CV. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. In his uh, looking around the people, he was just in relation to them. And Noah walked with God. We saw there was another man who walked with God a few chapters back, was Enoch. Enoch walked with God. And God took him. He took him up out of the earth, and he was raptured. And it was a picture of the rapture of the church. And Noah walked with God. Noah begat three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. Remember what the whole point of this is. As it was in the days of Noah, so it's going to be in the end times. The earth was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, and all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. All flesh had corrupted God's way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, For the earth is filled with violence through them and behold I will destroy them with the earth make thee an ark of gopher wood room shalt thou make in the ark and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch and this is the fashion which thou shalt make it of and we'll stop there because I don't think we're going to get much further than that this morning now i've put it up on this so that you will be able to follow it uh, a little bit better the earth also in verse 11 it says the, the the earth also was corrupt before god and the earth was filled with violence the world it says was corrupt it was perverted it was corrupt both morally and spiritually and that's the way it was in Noah's day and that's the way it is now the earth is corrupt you don't have to be an atomic scientist to to work that out if you read the papers every day those few little things that are read out imagine offering uh, baptisms in an abortion clinic things like that the earth is corrupt both spiritually and morally it's perverted mankind is perverted we saw how as Jesus said in the days of Lot days so shall it be in the coming of the days of the son of man if you read what it says about Lot and we know what happened in Sodom and Jesus uh, when he said as it was in the days of Noah and he went through and all the various things they were doing they were being married and given in marriage and all the rest of it they don't mention marriage in Lot for Sodom was, was rotten with homosexuality and that's the way it is at the present it's coming back again Jesus said it would It was spoiled. It was ruined. That's what God saw when he looked down and saw his world which had been good and very good. When he created the earth, he had said, it's good. It was good. And then it said it was very good. And now he looked down and he saw that it was perverted, it was corrupt, it was ruined, it was spoiled. All this wonderful creation... That God had made was ruined for him. Spoiled. Grieved his heart. People did abominable things. The earth was filled with violence, cruelty, injustice. It was filled with it. And you know, that's the way it is today. The earth is filled everywhere you look. There's violence, there's cruelty this injustice and God looked down it says in verse 12 and God looked down upon the earth and behold it's repeated again it was corrupt for it said all flesh had corrupted his way you know God looks down constantly upon the earth in his holy temple, it says in Psalm 11 verse 4, the Lord's throne is in heaven, his eyes behold his eyelids try the children of men God looks down his eyelids try the children of men Verse Psalm 66 he ruleth by his power forever his eyes behold the nations let not the rebellious exalt themselves that's a warning, isn't it? His eyes behold the nations. His eyes behold the nations. God is watching. You know God as I say here constantly observes man. But this, somehow this verse denotes a special looking. An occasion when God looked down at his creation. And the crunch had come. He saw, he saw that all flesh had crea- corrupted his way all flesh have corrupted his way and it's the same today we've gone away from the ways of god psalm 36 verses 1 to 4 the transgression of the wicked saith within my heart there is no fear of god before his eyes the wicked says there's no fear of god they don't have a fear of god people nowadays For he flattereth himself in his own eyes. That's what they do. People are very self-opinionated these days. We're taught to be like that. Until his iniquity be found to be hateful. The words of his mouth are iniquity and deceit. He hath left off to be wise and to do good. He deviseth mischief upon his bed. He setteth himself in a way that is not good. He abhorreth not evil. Man has turned to his own way. He sets himself about to do wicked things. Things haven't changed. And it's going to get worse. What does Isaiah say? If we submit ourselves to God... And ask him to lead and direct us. Then he says, thine ear shall hear a word behind thee saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. Don't turn to the right hand or to the left, walk in the way of God. That's a challenge to us. Are we walking in the way of God? And then verse 13. Verse 13 says, and God said unto Noah, the end of all flesh is come upon me for the earth is filled with violence through them and behold I will destroy them from the earth God had said I've had enough we saw that Noah walked with God and God shared with him the future plans he had for mankind and we, we read that verse and we skip over on it says God said unto Noah the earth is all flesh and then make thee not good. but it's the, the devastating news that that must have been for Noah pause and think that there was Noah living with his family and amongst all this evil but God spoke to him one day he walked with God. You know, we come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses and the voice I hear falling on my ear, the Son of God, reposes. And he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me, I am his own. The joys we share as we tarry there none other has ever known. No one walked with God. We, we said a few weeks ago, the Lord God walked in the garden and he called for Adam Adam where art thou Adam hid himself but Noah walked with God and God spoke to him that voice still comes down as we said through, through history God is calling God is wanting man to respond to him Adam where art thou he's, thou. he's still saying Where Adam where art thou he wants man to respond to him Noah must have now fully realised the seriousness of the situation. God was going to destroy the world. It was devastating news for, for Noah. We, if, you, if you go uh, to uh, Hebrews, uh, I think it's chapter eleven and verse uh, seven, Noah, being warned of God of things not yet seen, moved with fear. He was he was frightened prepared an ark for the saving of his house by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is of by faith God spoke to him and Noah was filled with fear that's the way it's going to be in these last days Jesus said and he said make thee an ark of gopher wood God was here explaining the means whereby salvation would come to others through the righteous Noah. Make an ark. There's going to be a way of escape. Now let us look at the fact that Noah is a type of Christ. Noah is a picture of Christ there are some aspects of his life help us to understand that's what we say when Noah is a type of Christ there, he, he, there are things that happened in his life which help us to understand some aspects of what the Lord Jesus Christ was going to do when he came in a much richer and fuller way you see in genesis we have a building up towards the concept of salvation. We have a building up in the first few chapters of Genesis a concept of salvation building up. Man had sinned and we have justification in type when God clothed them in skins and blood had to be shed in order that those people could be justified before God. And then we have Abel's offering the firstlings of his flock. We see acceptance by God. Man was accepted through the shedding of blood. In Enoch, we saw a type of a man who walked with God and God took him. And that was a foreshadow of the picture of eternal life which man was going to have. And now in Noah, we have the truth of salvation. Salvation involves preservation and deliverance from the evils of this world. That's what salvation means. We need to be safe and secure, as the hymn says, from all alarms. And I looked to see if I could work out a few things last night as to how uh, Noah and Christ, uh, how Noah sort of portrayed some of the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. We saw that verse. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Noah found grace. Noah was the righteous one who found favor with God. Noah was the righteous one who found favor with God. The Lord Jesus Christ came and he lived a sinless life down here upon earth. And he is the righteous one. Thus saith the Lord, it says in Isaiah fifty six, Keep ye judgment and do justice, for my salvation is come, is near to come, and my righteousness to be revealed. God was going to reveal the Son of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as his righteousness. John says, My little children, these things I write unto you that ye sin not. If any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He was righteous picture up in the mount of transfiguration while he yet spake behold a bright cloud overshadowed them and a voice from heaven which said this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased God was pleased God was pleased with what the Lord Jesus Christ did while he was here on earth Noah was a just man and walked and talked with God Noah walked and talked with God the Lord Jesus when he was down here on earth he did those things which pleased his father and he spoke constantly with his father these words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said father the hour is come glorify thy son that thy son may glorify thee oh how wonderful Jesus fulfilled the work of his father as thou hast given him power over all flesh that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him and this is life eternal that they might know thee the only true God and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent I have glorified thee on the earth I have finished the work that thou gavest me to do he spoke with his father and he he constantly was in communion with God he walked in the ways of God and here's an interesting one. He was the head of a new generation. Noah was the start of a whole new generation which was to come. He was the, the head of the family. And the Lord Jesus Christ, it says, when he rose from the dead, but every man in his own, are Christ the first fruits. We are the, first, the, the fruits of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he died and rose again, we become part of his family. He is the start. He is the first fruits of all those who come before him. Now, there's an interesting one here. Only those who were connected to Noah by blood. Only those who were connected to Noah by blood were saved from judgment. Only the people that went into the ark. Who were the ones that went into the ark? His, His wife, his three sons, and their wives. They were all blood relatives of his. They were all related to him. And only if we are related to the Lord Jesus Christ, only if we have become part of his family, will we escape judgment. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. We are, the judgment of God is going to come on this world. The wages of sin is death. If we were to escape, it's only those who are in a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ which will escape. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given amongst men, whereby we must be saved. And you know, if you look at Joshua... It's an interesting thing. When Rahab... Do you remember the story of Rahab in, in, in Joshua? And she said that uh, she would tie the, the, the string out of the window. And when the, the people attacked, they would know which house uh, she was in. And uh, they wouldn't attack that particular house. Who was in that house? Well, look at Joshua 2.18. When she spoke to the spies, she said... I'm going to get people into my house. And uh, 2.18 And the, behold, when we come into the land, the spies said to Rahab, Thou shalt bind this line of scarlet thread in the window, which thou didst let us down by. She let them down by the, this rope. It was more than a thread, I hope. They let them down by this rope. And she, they said, hang that, in the, hang that out of the window. And when we come to attack, we know which house you're in. And thou shalt bring thy father and thy mother and thy brethren and all thy father's household home unto thee. Only the people in that house, they were connected, they were related to to Rahab. And if you look on to 6.23, And the young men that were spies went in and brought out Rahab and her father and her mother and her brethren and all that she had. And she brought out all her kindred and left them without the camp of Israel. They escaped because they were in a relationship with Rahab. And it's only if we are in a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ will we escape the wages of sin is that here a few more those who rejected Noah's message were condemned and perished those who 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 didn't accept the message that Noah spoke and he spoke he was speaking for 120 he was one of the most unsuccessful preachers ever he preached for uh, probably 100 120 years and he didn't have one convert except his own family but those who rejected his message. And Jesus said, He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Noah was a preacher of righteousness. He preached righteousness, that people had to be right with God. First Peter eight it can't be three, it can't be eight to twenty, it must be eight to something else. It doesn't matter for Christ also hath once suffered for sins the just for the unjust that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the spirit, by which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison, which sometimes were disobedient, when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah. While the ark was a preparing wherein a few, that is eight eight souls, were saved. Noah was a preacher of righteousness. Christ preached, was preached through Noah. It's a very difficult verse and has given a lot of difficulty. Christ preached through Noah to those in his day who refused to listen and are now in prison. That's what it says. Christ also hath suffered for sins. Then it goes by by which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison. Christ went and through Noah preached righteousness to the people the people refused to listen they are now in prison they are now imprisoned awaiting the judgment of god because they objected and refused to listen to what noah said and noah preached that righteousness through the spirit of christ within him christ was preached through noah to those in his day they refused to listen they are now prepared waiting for The final judgment of God. And finally, the ark is a picture of baptism. Look at this verse in 1 Peter. Chapter 3. While the ark was a preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. The like figure, whereunto, even baptism doth also now save us. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience towards God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. On first reading, you would nearly assume here that it is saying that baptism doth also now save us but look at it what saved Noah and his family the water no the water was the judgment it was the ark that saved them from destruction that's what saved them wasn't the water that saved them It was the ark which is a type of the Lord Jesus Christ. They had faith in the ark. So baptism in water does not save the soul. But faith in the Lord Jesus. His death, burial and resurrection saves us. That is what baptism is a figure of. That's the figure. The death burial and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ that is how we may have a good conscience towards God and so the ark is a picture of it going through the waters of destruction and coming out the other side next week we're going to have a look at the ark and the picture that the ark shows us and how that when it was pitched within and without No, you can come next week and listen about it because it's it's very interesting what the ark is but you know the main thing we're talking about here as it was in the days of Noah so shall it be in the days of the coming of the this is all a warning to us Jesus said look and see what it was like in Noah's day and see what it's going to be like and we can see it happening before our eyes it's getting worse and by next week end it might be an awful lot worse but are we prepared have we put our faith and trust completely in the Lord Jesus Christ have we asked him to be our saviour and our friend have we committed ourselves completely to it? And if we have, are we walking with him? Because if Noah hadn't been walking with God, think of how he would have missed out. If, if Enoch hadn't walked with God, God took him. Because he walked with them and talked with them. Are we walking with God daily in our lives? Amen.